Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate, and today I'm bringing you guys an interview we just did with Mr. Dan Berman, or Dan Taxation and Theft Berman, as you might know him. He's an international speaker promoting the idea that taxation is theft, individual freedom is paramount to the government, and that we are not government property. He ran for president under the Libertarian Party in 2020, and he is now running to be the governor of the great state of Texas. We talked about a lot of good stuff in this interview. It was both me and Charlie there until Charlie had to dip out. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop you guys right into the interview now. I'm Dan Taxation Steph Berman. I hate taxes so much. I changed my middle name. Um, and uh, I've I've kind of made it my life's mission to put an end to the IRS and, and all of the evil government taxes. Um, uh, of course, I never wanted to get into politics. I just kind of ended up this way. The government kept uh, coming after me for just trying to live my life and exercise my freedom. And um, I didn't like that. So uh, they started the fight and I'm here to end it. You legally um, changed your name. Uh, I illegally changed my name. Okay. All right. <laughs> illegally. <laughs> well, it's fine. So, yeah, that that's actually a really great. Um, so, so like because yeah everybody knows you can go to the court and you can you can beg the crown for permission to call yourself something else right but i'm like that's that's my name it's not yours you didn't come up with the first one my parents did why should i ask you for permission to change it um and there's actually um in in common law which the government recognizes you can just change your name it's the fact that you're publicly recognized as something else they call it an alias or an aka um you know if you ever get arrested and they're like oh this is somebody else uh tater salad um yeah. <laughs> that's they'll 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 recognize you as that they just won't put it on your id which is you know kind of your slave name they want you to go by your you know your id <laughs> name everywhere you go are you dan taxation is theft Berman. <laughs> that's you gotta caught, be you caught me it's gotta be awkward with a with a cop like oh yeah I, I think that you're completely paid on theft by the way i think all the money that you receive is uh is taken through theft um so you said that you didn't want to be in politics what brought you said you just could not ignore Hang it on, I, I, I gotta stay on this middle name first so one more okay question. one more question do you have any kids <laughs> you have any kids dan no not yet do you plan on having kids you don't have to. Not I, was, I was just wondering if at birth you were going to have them have the same middle name. I think as, that would be good as you, because then that's actually becomes a, you know, a quote unquote legal record. It's like a family name without having to change it. Well, see, see, yes, yes. And no, because if I had kids, I probably wouldn't get them birth certificates. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So you're very, you seem to be very libertarian. Is that right? That what I'm picking up right here? I've been called worse. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of borderline on on libertarian anarchy. Um, you know, there's a bunch of labels they throw in my direction. I've been called a lefty. Um, I've been called a socialist. 
by by libertarians. Um, <laughs> but I, I prefer to really just call myself a voluntarist because I believe all human interaction should be voluntary. We shouldn't be forcing each other to do, you know, whatever I think is the best way to live. I shouldn't be able to force that on anybody else. So you hate poor people. That's what you're saying. You don't care about poor people or any rights or anything like <laughs> no, that. I actually, yeah. I actually care about them a lot more than most libertarians. There you go. <laughs> and probably more than the people in the other parties, too, because what we would always yeah. say is that we actually want to do things that would help people uh, like, you know, freer markets and individualism. Those things would actually help people, not just talk about helping people and trying to win elections and never actually doing anything that would help. So right. in, in reality, like we're the most compassionate people that there are, but it's portrayed as like the least compassionate ideology that oh, there yeah. is isn't that crazy no and what's like have you seen this new uh the build back better plan mm-hmm. they want to have an uh, what is it the the um uh what is it they want to they want to put an ing- the the un um unrealized gains tax yeah so basically they want to charge you capital gains on gains that you didn't cash in on yet and it's like, okay, you're, you're saying this is a program for the working American and you're only going to tax the rich. And like, the reality is like, no, if you're a working American and you're trying to pay off your mortgage as fast as you possibly can, the cost, the value of your house is going to go up every year and the IRS is going to tax you more on that now. So now you're, you're, you're going to, your taxes are going to go up every year just by the fact that you own a house. And this is then this entire bill is being sold to people as like, no, it's, it's going to help you, man. It really. Well, and it costs nothing. Oh, yeah, it's free. So we, yeah, we forgot that. Yeah. It's it's a zero-cost bill, and they're going to pay for it. it. Somehow we, yeah, requires more taxes. We actually just covered that in an, an episode that uh, we were releasing today, and uh, it, it just it's mind-blowing. Another thing we were talking about, too, is isn't it interesting over the last year or two that in the middle of a crisis, they've instituted a lot of, I would say, liberty or libertarian uh, principles for instance, uh, lifting rules or putting a temporary ban on restrictions and all of that stuff so that they could have a free market without the red tape so that we could produce the things we needed to produce. For instance, um, Long Beach, California just put a temporary ban on their shipping container stacking rule that allows you now to stack more than to ship, uh, to allow allows you to stack more than two high. You can now stack four high because they've had such a backup of shipping containers. So now they at least they relax that rule for ninety days. <laughs> that's that's weird because I usually see pictures of those like shipping yards and they're stacked like ten high. Not in Long Beach. Yeah, they're no, a, that's a rule. They have a, they, they have a two high two. rule there, and that's com- it's it's now they have doubled their capacity by uh, our gracious lords allowing people to stack things four high for the next three this, months to try and help with the this, supply chain crisis that they've created. It's great. One of the few states that legalize recreational cannabis has a too high rule. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's good. Uh, now, uh, maybe we'll get into that a little bit here too. But are you running for governor? I mean, there's I all, am governor there's, of Texas. There's already a liberty loving governor in Texas. What do you need another oh, one yeah. for, right? <laughs> yeah, that guy. Uh, that guy will kind of roll over Texans um, and throw them under the bus. It's <laughs> it's. Uh, that guy's terrible. Um, I, I mean, he's, he's doing a couple nice things now, but it's, you know, it's like you said, uh, you know, about they, they have all these lockdowns and then they're like, Oh, we'll give you a little bit of freedom back. And it's like, you know, we would have been a lot better off. If you didn't take anything from us in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this guy's, 
he's been he's been in office how long and we still don't have we don't we don't even have medical cannabis in texas um mm. it's it's outrageous we don't have um, in tennessee and, either do we no i don't think so it, no. so i guess i guess we're we need, we need to have some sort of partnership to to make this happen um but uh yeah it's it, it's ridiculous and we're actually so i started an organization that's that's pushing this um called legalize happiness and like we've been digging up like all these all these interesting court cases where because like here's a, most people don't recognize this the ninth amendment says basically everyone knows well not everyone libertarians know the 10th amendment right even libertarians don't know the ninth amendment which basically says you have so many rights we can't list them all out here because there's not enough space on this paper and just because we can't list them out doesn't mean you don't have them and we're and the government still has to protect them and this has been this has been referenced in several court cases as the right to pursuit of happiness and this has actually been used um i found a, a wiretapping case from like the 1920s that says um that says because you have a right to pursue happiness you also have, that's where your right to privacy comes from from your right to pursue happiness which that's a stretch and i'm like if they can make that their argument why can't we make the pursuit of happiness the right to consume cannabis and i actually found a case where where that was used for heroin and i think this was like maybe in the 60s and in california it was illegal to be under the influence of heroin and what what they ruled i think this was the california supreme court um was that because he was an addict this was his pursuit of happiness and he could therefore not be charged criminally criminally for having it in his system but somehow, even though you have to have it in your hands before you can get it into your bloodstream, they they couldn't put that same ruling on possession. So um, we just need to we need to come back with that and start pushing at it, because the reality is, you know, all these uh, and, you know, I, I want to give these people credit because they've been fighting hard and they're, they're great people. But they've been saying, you know, oh, it's it's medicinal or we can tax it. And both of those are terrible reasons because this is a human right. Like it shouldn't matter if there's a health benefit to it and we shouldn't be taxing it because this is ultimately just a human right. We should be able to grow it in our backyard and do whatever we want with it. And, but do you think that maybe there's a, a, a stepping stone mentality where it's like, okay, we're able to legally, we're able to legalize it medicinally for now um, and follow the same footsteps that other States have done like California and uh, Nevada and those that legalized it medicinally first and then recreationally is there something to be said for at least taking what you can get i i mean like I, I can't look at that and say it's bad right because there's definitely fewer people who are going to prison um which is a great thing but at the same time all of this energy that they're putting into education is basically it, it's still putting it into the education that if enough people get together they have the right to decide how other people can or can't live their lives regardless of what that individual wants to do, if that person is not harming anybody else. And so I think it is great. It is it is progress. But at the same time, as far as the intellectual aspect of it, it's teaching people to just like, no, let's let's not think about what's right and wrong. Let's just think about what we can get enough people to support. And, and I think that kind of, you know, it's in, it's extremely important. We need to understand this. We need to understand philosophy and our legal structure and how, you know, this this country that's so great and so free. How did it get to be here? It wasn't because they just sat around saying, hey, you know what? Uh, we can tax freedom. So let's 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 legalize it and let's get enough people to say, yeah, well, let's legalize freedom and tax it. 
That's not how it happened at all. Um, we, the, there were a lot of people who understand what true freedom meant and how that's an amazing benefit to humanity and to progress itself. And that was why they pushed for it. And, and we kind of, we've totally lost sight of that. So, you know, yeah, these other things are great, but at the same time, we need to really get back to this point that, you know, we, we need to recognize human rights, the right to be left alone, the right to do whatever we want, as long as we're not harming anybody else. Yeah, so uh, going back to your pursuit of happiness idea, which is really good. I hadn't. I remember the the case from 1925. Well, I don't remember it. I remember reading about it, uh, but I remember that case when it uh, pertains to privacy. And you're saying you could also make this with uh, with marijuana or any other any other drugs because I don't really care what people are doing unless they're hurting people or taking their stuff. But um, what about what would you say to someone who says, well? my pursuit of happiness is taking unrealized gains from Jeff Bezos. And that's what makes me happy. Now I know what the answer is to that. And I probably know what you're going to say too, but I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, it sounds like taxation is theft, but <laughs> um, you know, this is, this is the interesting thing. Like, cause a lot of people bring up Bezos and they're like, Oh, he's got so much money. It's a crime. And it's like, well, what's, what's criminal about having so much money? And then they'll usually start diverting into like, well, he exploits people. He, you know, he, 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 um, he steals resources from countries around the world and all this other stuff. And, and it's like, okay, let's, let's talk about that. Right. Because having too much money is not the actual crime. If I question you on that, you're going to go somewhere else. Let's talk about actual crimes, exploitation of people, right? Let's talk about the fact that he receives government bailouts and subsidies and all this other stuff. That's a crime. I'll agree with you on that. But if all if he's out there committing all these crimes, why is your solution to take part of his profit, which would ultimately drive him to work harder to make more profit so that he can continue to keep that income and, and increase that income? Why wouldn't you say, hey, this is criminal. Let's throw you in jail. So Why is that? So you're saying that the what they're basically saying is that exploitation is fine as long as I can get a piece of it. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. realistically, you know, I mean, we, we've seen these these memes all, all of the time, right? Somebody's got like a like uh, there's this one. It's a girl. She's sitting there with her Apple laptop, with her with her uh, Starbucks drink. And like on the back of the laptop, it says smash capitalism or something like that. Um, we see this all the time. And, and that's the reality because we see all these socialists who are on social media and it says tweeted from an iPhone. Like that's the reality of the thing. Like they want to get rid of the, the greedy capitalists at the top of the chain, but they don't want to take responsibility for the fact that they are the ones who purchased the item that voluntarily sent money to this person to get them rich. Um, we, we, you know, if you want to take responsibility for that, that's what we have to recognize. Now, if somebody is rich and they're committing a crime, absolutely prosecute them for the crime. But we have to under like this. Maybe this comes back to the whole point of like we have to have discussions to understand exactly what is and what isn't a crime. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask about, because you're obviously I think that. I, I think that you think taxation is theft. So I wanted to uh, to ask about this. We've been talking with some people about uh, corporate uh, these corporate bailouts and all the subsidies, the corporate welfare, all that. And sometimes what we don't agree with is that people will say corporate welfare and what they mean is a corporation was supposed to pay 15% in taxes and as an incentive, they didn't have to pay anything in taxes. And so... As someone who thinks that taxation is theft, is the solution to that to make sure that those corporations pay their taxes? 
Yeah. So this is uh, this is an interesting question, right? Because I mean, really, this is the same thing. Like everybody gets a subsidy at the end of the year, and it's like it's like, hey, the government's giving giving me money, and it's like, no, that's your money that they took from you. And so, if you look at the corporate thing, that's kind of the same thing. But you do actually have corporations that have negative tax rates because they're receiving they're receiving more, right? Um, but then you also have the question of, well, if the government's just going to give you money back, why are they taking it in the first place? So you have this whole system where it's like, oh, we're going to tax you and give you a subsidy. And it's like, they're on separate forms. So it looks like you're paying taxes, but it's like, you have to add them together. Why is this all going on? And of course, it's, it's just the shell game, right? Because at the end of the day, they're going to increase taxes on corporations. And what most people don't realize is there's like a million corporations in the United States. The mom and pop restaurant down the street might be a corporation, right? And they're getting taxed. So they're paying these taxes, but they're not getting the subsidies like Bezos and these other, you know, multinational giant billion dollar corporations are getting. So the small guys are still paying the taxes, um, but the, 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 but they're getting screwed. And the big guys are getting that, um, you know, they're getting they're getting all this money back. So it, it's like it, this is the problem. Everybody hears these these rich people who are basically puppets for these billionaire corporate corporations getting in front of them saying, hey, we're just going to tax the rich, but they're working for the rich. So what sense does it make? Like, oh, yeah, I got this rich guy back here. He wants me to get on TV and tell you I'm going to tax the rich. But here's the scam. I'm really going to tax you. And all that money is going to go to my rich buddy over here. That's how it's going to work. And, and it's just it's just a flat out lie that they're they're getting in our faces and lying to us. And it's 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 difficult because there are so many people who, you know, they just they don't see the big picture because they don't have the time to invest in all that. They just see, no, the guy's telling me he's just going to tax the rich. Why would he lie to me? So it's you know, it, it, that's the frustrating part. And so what would you like, what would you say the solution is to that issue of corporate welfare, let's say, because this is where Nate and I uh, get called all kinds of things by libertarians because we With the corporate shills, uh, yeah, corporate uh, shills boot, and all this stuff, licking Bezos's boot or something like that. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. So what would be the solution? I've been, I've been to called the, the same. What would be the solution <laughs> to the court, the, the corporate welfare problem if it, if it is a problem? So, man realistically, I, I think the, the most important part is just to forget about the corporations um, and focus on ourselves because the reality is like we're, we're all being taxed and that money's all going to them. If we focus on ourselves and, and realize like, hey, we actually don't even have to pay the income tax. There's, there's, there's actually a tax honesty movement that's been going on for 50 years, um, including former IRS agents um, who basically have gone through all the tax code and realized like, yeah, no, the, the, the way that the tax code is written, it doesn't apply to most Americans. So let's all just stop paying our taxes, which ultimately is going to stop that money from going to corporations. If corporations want to be idiots and keep paying those taxes, let them. Um, but everybody, we, we should be, you know, we should take responsibility for ourselves. You know, this is like, this is like ultimately the thing that, that, um, you know, I see this everywhere, right? Everybody's like always like, oh, my life is terrible. Why is it terrible? Well, because I don't have all the stuff that that guy has. 
Stop worrying about what other people have. Start focusing on yourself. And if you can focus on yourself and realize you're not supposed to be paying these taxes and stop paying these taxes, your life is going to be so much better. And, and it's not just the income tax, right? Because corporations are, don't own um, you know, 100 million houses that they're paying property taxes on. We own those houses and we're paying property taxes on them. These corporations don't, don't have mortgages out on hundreds of millions of houses. We do. And that was a government policy that basically said, oh, Oh, you want to take a loan out for five or 10 years? No, let's give you a loan for 30 years. And so now they're forcing everybody into more and more debt. We are the subjects of the biggest taxes. Here's, here's something else. Here's something else you can look at. The um, entire United States payroll, everybody who, who's you know, on payroll receiving money totals eight and a half trillion dollars. And every year, the government collects seven and a half trillion dollars. That's all your state, local, uh, and federal taxes, income taxes, gas taxes, property to everything, right? That's an 88% tax rate. And people say like, oh, some of it's going to the corporations. Yeah, but the corporations are paying their employees and like it's all, it's all in this one cycle, right? But the harsh reality of that is there's only $3.5 trillion that's been printed and only $1.5 trillion of that is in circulation. So mm. they're basically taxing all of the money that's in the economy. They're They're taking it from us every single day. And this is what's... 88% of the entire country is in debt by an average of $150,000. Like they're forcing us into debt and then they're, they're making us fight over the scraps. And this is why you have, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have. There's always someone poorer than you who's like, oh, I'm poor. It doesn't matter how poor you are. There's somebody always poorer than you. That's like, hey, that guy has more than me. He has his own car. I don't have a car. Why can't I have that? The government should give it to me. Like that's, that's the mentality that we've created. And the reality is like, no, if we all got the government to stop stealing from us, our lives would be infinitely better. And not only that, I mean, I think that's a really good point you bring up is focusing on yourself and, and taking personal responsibility and seeing what you can do in your life. But what's also interesting about that is not only do they compare themselves in that way, but they also uh, do things like, oh, if I were Jeff Bezos, I would end child hunger. Or if I had that money, they somehow would be these virtuous uh, philanthropists. Uh, you know, they wouldn't. Which, by the way, I think Bezos is doing a lot of great things. Um, you know, I think uh, researching space and uh, I don't know why we're focusing on Bezos. He's being oppressed by Elon Musk right I now. I know he's he, talking about Elon Musk. <laughs> exactly, Elon <laughs> Musk is holding him down and even trolling <laughs> him on Twitter. Uh, so that's that's all very interesting. Um, so I want to go back to you said um, you didn't want to get into politics. So. I know this is kind of late in the interview, but uh, what got you into it? Like, what was the turning point for you? Um, are you a, a Ron Paul libertarian, so to speak, or, or were you, what, what influenced yeah, I, you? I think, what, what happened? So I think it was probably around 2008 with the, with the mortgage crisis and everything. When I started learning about Ron Paul, um, I, I think I, I had just voted for Obama. Don't judge me. I grew up in California. Um, that was my first time voting for president. I voted for Obama because he was anti-war and I was sick of, you know, having eight years of Bush and all these wars and all this bullshit. I voted for Obama. And then it took me like a month to realize, oh, wait, this guy's not the guy I thought he was. And then I started seeing Ron Paul's name around and I kind of became a Republican, a Ron Paul Republican for that. Um, I, I had never joined any parties or anything at this point. I'm just like, you know, this is who I'm paying attention to and following. Um, and then I saw what happened to Ron Paul in 2012. I was supporting him. I wasn't really engaged in the political process, but I was, you know, on Facebook, vote for Ron Paul. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, 
and then I saw how he got screwed over. And so I supported Gary Johnson that year. And then Gary Johnson got the nomination. I supported him. And then 2016, when Jerry, when Gary Johnson got the nomination, he did something that kind of pissed me off. So I was like, you know what? I'm done with these guys too. Um, and uh, that's when I decided I was going to run for, for president with the libertarians. So, uh, you know, it's, it, I, I guess, you know, I'm like everybody else. I, I hate all politicians. Um, they're all terrible, even, you know, no matter how libertarian they are. Um, but uh, it's, you know, I guess I didn't really see um, the, 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 you know, the, the perfection that I wanted to see in the, in the political conversation, I didn't see that. So I was like, I need to bring this in. So yeah, I know I'm calling, I'm calling myself perfect, but (laughs) that's, that's what we all are. Right. Anybody who doesn't agree with me a hundred percent is not perfect. Um, and and I get it. That's a terrible mentality to have, but I didn't hear the things, um, being said that I wanted to say. So I, I came to bring those in. Um, and yeah, I've, I've had my fights with the IRS, and with the California Franchise Tax Board, which which for anybody who doesn't know is like the IRS of California, and most lawyers will actually say it's much worse. Um, I've had I've been I've been um, uh, wrongfully arrested by the police um, a, a few times for exercising my freedom of speech and asking them questions that they didn't like. Um, so all of this just like it started building an anger inside of me that I, I couldn't hold back anymore, and that's that's I had to get up and say something about it. Uh, so what I want to know is, uh, I'll put you on the spot here. I was a member of the Libertarian Party. Uh, I found that I couldn't vote for Gary Johnson, um, but I did I did vote for Dr. Jorgensen, but then I left the party. I let my membership lapse, and now I've just kind of decided that, I don't know, I don't even like the Libertarian Party either. So why should I be uh, interested in voting for a Libertarian versus hoping that there's a liberty-loving Republican out there that I could vote for? Well, I would say don't ever vote for a libertarian just because they're a libertarian, because then we're falling into the same trap of, oh, well, I voted for a Republican because I'm a Republican, and we all know where that got us. Um, So I I know there's a lot of people out there saying vote gold, vote gold, but I, I think that's a terrible idea. It's you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, we're we're conditioning people on how to think. And if we're trying to break the cycle, we can't continue that same cycle. We need to break that cycle and say, you know, let's actually look at your choices. Let's actually build a philosophy and understand and educate people um, and, and, and change how things happen because of that. And I think that's really what we need to do. And so what I'm actually doing differently with this campaign, which I know is pissing off a lot of libertarians already, is I'm not focusing on the campaign itself. I'm focusing on building infrastructure that helps bring ideas to people in the way that it'll reach the people that that those ideas are important to because ultimately like yourself and like so many other people they come to the libertarian party they care about you know the issues that are important to them and the party doesn't care about that the party is trying to like feed everybody this entire platform of all these things and we have to focus equally on all these things instead of saying hey you know what we're all here for different reasons let's break up into smaller groups let's focus on educating the public about the issues that we care about we'll attract those people we won't reject them afterwards because they don't agree with you know all these other things and we'll grow better like that and so that's that's really what i'm focusing on so talking on the the philosophical viewpoint, you know, that I guess we can go back to your middle name once again, but wh- why is taxation theft and why is it important for people to be philosophical instead of just uh, voting, voting blue or voting red or getting mad at whatever the medium media tells them to get mad at? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we have to recognize that taxation is theft. Um, taxation is, um, you know, you, you talk about, you know, oh, if I had Jeff Bezos money, I'd be doing all this stuff for charity. Well, you don't have Jeff Bezos money. Instead, you gave your money to the government and they dropped bombs on children. Um, they, they put dogs' heads inside of cages so that flies could eat them alive. Um, this is what the government is doing with your money. And if you are happily paying those taxes, that blood is on your hands. But if you can think philosophically and understand where your money is going and say, hey, I don't want any part of that, you become part of the solution. You actually start changing the system because the power to put the power back in our hands, we need to control the money. If you know, like we can vote all we want, but if we're giving them all of our money so that they can do whatever they want with it, we have absolutely no control. We, we have no way to stop them. So, um, so that's, uh, that's, that's why taxation is theft. Um, I'm sorry, the second part of your question. Well, just how important it is for us to be more philosophical and Not principled vote. instead of just, right. I don't know, bots yeah, yeah. out so, there. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is actually really, really important. Um, and it's, you know, there's this, there's this concept, right? If we all just say like, hey, let's all vote libertarian and the entire world agrees on that, right? And that's great. And we get like, you know, the perfect utopia because everybody voted libertarian. All it takes is one guy to come along, wave the libertarian flag and say, I'm part of the libertarian party and give a good speech. And because they vote for him, because he's waving that flag and that's all they care about. He could be he could be like the devil in a gold dress that's just coming up here saying like, like, yeah, well, I, now I'm elected. Now I'm just going to totally screw everybody over. And this is this is really what we have at risk. Just because somebody is saying, you know, I care about you doesn't mean they do. If they if somebody says, I care about you and let's implement this plan and you say, oh, well, it sounds like a good plan. He said he cares about me. That's basically what we're doing instead of saying no. Let's look at the plan. Let's see if it's actually a good plan. And do we do we support this plan? Because um, literally right now, they're they're saying we're only going to raise taxes on people making 400 grand or more. And they're literally literally in the same breath, raising taxes on people who are making almost nothing. Well, that's, that's something they've always done. Like, I feel like that's happened before, right? Yeah, because we've always just. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. He's well, got a trustworthy face. That's how it was. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's blue. He's red. That's how it was originally sold in, in 1913. You know, it was just supposed to be an income, a small, tiny, tiny income tax on the, the richest Americans temporary. Mm -hmm. and temporary. That's right. And It'll go uh, away soon. Yeah. It was temporary, wasn't it? I forgot yeah. yeah. about yeah, that Yeah, kind of like part. the whole, two, remember two weeks to slow the curve? Yeah. Oh. It's, it's all temporary. <laughs> Is the two weeks over yet? No. <laughs> Is it no. over in Texas? It's still 2020. Uh, no, no, <laughs> it's not over in Texas yet. All right. So no, I mean, it's, it's a little bit, it's not as bad as some other places. Um, but it's, you know, it's, 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 it's not back to normal. And, you know, somebody made a really good point that it's never going to get back to normal because now we're conditioned to just stay at home. Like, you know, it's kind of like when you train a dog to sit and you give him the treats and it's like, okay, sit, give a treat, give a treat. Right. And it's like, after you do that long enough, you tell him to sit and he sits and that's just his condition, right? You don't have to give him treats anymore. They, and it's like, you're building habits. Once you become a smoker, it's hard to not become a smoker. Once you, once you become addicted to fast food or, you know, any of this stuff, these are all habits. And now they've created a habit of everybody stay indoors for most of your life. And there's nobody, you know, where's, where's the government program that's okay, everybody get outside and get some sunlight and, and go talk to people. And 
like that's not there. So they've they've destroyed our society and they're not doing anything to repair it. So let me ask you uh, the real deep philosophical, um, I, I guess. I can tell how deep and philosophical yeah, this is going to be. And I guess yeah. uh, the, the pessimistic question, which is um, honestly, everything we're doing, it's never going to work, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and trying to, I don't know, like get an office and win and, and, you know, all of these things and implement policies and all that stuff and not not saying that there aren't some people out there that are doing great things. I think there are, but this is the pessimistic side. So why is it important to keep talking about these things considering we're most likely heading for the great reset, you know, the great um, demise of the Republic as all Republic republics have demised before in the past. Why is this still important? So this is the thing. That's the direction that we're going in, right? Oh yeah. Um, faster and faster every day (laughs) this this is how we got here right basically we we have everybody's got these tvs in their house and their radios in their car and these are these are reception devices for brainwashing all of this information is coming through these through these machines right through through the news networks through um through propaganda and everything else telling us this is how we need to live our lives. This is how we need to think. This is how we need to act. This is how we need to behave. And what we're doing, and even though there's, there's a lot fewer of us and we're a lot less funded than the government to be able to push this kind of propaganda, what we're doing is we're creating counter propaganda. We're, we're trying to inform people of the truth. And the reality is it, it does work. We do break through to people. The problem is that we're underfunded. And the way these things work is through repetition. People need to hear a message five, 10, 20 times before they get it. Like, I know the struggle, right? You tell somebody something, hey, the government's lying to us, and then they go and vote for you know, Bernie Sanders anyways, right? Um, and, it, and it feels like, like our words are just like disappearing in one ear and out the other. But the reality is they are causing change. It's just that it takes five, 10, 15 times per person before they start recognizing some of these facts. So the fact that what we're doing feels like it's not making any change it actually is. We just need to keep doing it. We need to keep doing it repetitiously. We need to work with other people to have a resonating message so that if I say something and then you say something and somebody else, wait, I heard somebody else say that last week, that starts to click and it starts to resonate and it starts to reinforce this, this herd mentality that we have as human beings. Like at the end of the day, we're all stupid animals. We, we function like machines and we're totally predictable. So if we, if we create the right message and we give it to people in a way that, that they're going to hear it over and over and over again until it clicks and they realize, hey, these guys are right, then we will start seeing that change. Um, the problem is just that you know we're doing it in very small numbers, but the more we do it, the more we grow, the more people we get. And it'll accelerate at some point. We can psychologically brainwash people for the right reason. <laughs> we need more liberty, liberty propaganda. And to fund ourselves, we can tax them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. kidding. We I'm, can tax their No, uh, yeah. I'm obviously well, kidding. So I, we need I, to think I like, to yeah, to yeah. We have to think like Republicans and Democrats, right? Like that's the way that we have to do this because, you know, I noticed that you mentioned um, we all need to be saying kind of the same things, I guess, and not exactly the same things, but you realize uh, people who are on Republicans or Democrat parties, they all get emailed the same talking points. You can tell, like the same words. They say the same exactly. words over and over again. And eventually, they effectively brainwash people. They convince people. Now, I think that if you are, um, if you're 
telling people how to be freer or why not hurting people and taking their stuff is actually the best thing for the most amount of people, uh, that that's uh, still a noble cause to brainwash. <laughs> let's right. not, we'll call it something else other than brainwashing. I don't know. We need a better name. Uh, but the overall, it's like our marketing campaign needs to be a lot better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, you're absolutely right. And we've seen these like montage videos that, that come out where it's like a hundred different news networks and they're all saying, you know, this Christmas, blah, blah, blah. Right. Or, or the white house said, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and this is exactly what happens. Like you're, you're absolutely right. It comes from the same, like the same source, right. The, the press release gets distributed to everybody and they read it verbatim because these words resonate like, you know, the two weeks to slow the curve. That that little sentence is a piece of propaganda. Um, you hear it. You hear it. You know, if, if you would have heard it on one station and said two weeks and then another station would have said four weeks and or like, you know, and, and instead of flattening the curve, it was to to tame the outbreak or, you know, all these different things. It never would have caught on the way that it did. This is this is purely by design. This isn't an accident. Um, and, and so, you know, we have to realize that we're being manipulated like this. So what's your kind of elevator pitch for someone who maybe is uh, maybe they're not into the libertarian thing yet. Maybe they still think that for people to have a good life, we're going to have to have taxation. Of course, that's the price we pay to live in a crappy society, apparently. Uh, but uh, what's your elevator pitch for people for why like free market volunteerism that this would actually be better for everyone? So that that question is actually the exact problem. I, um, and I get this question all the time. So no offense to you. It's, it's perfectly normal to ask. But the reality is when I run into somebody in an elevator, there is no one pitch that I can give that's going to work on anybody. Instead, what I can do is say, what do you think is wrong with the government? And then when I find out, oh, this, this person hates police. Well, did you know that taxes pay for police? <laughs> um, if they say, you know, the cost of living is too high. Well, um, what about what about rent free America? Go check them out. Um, if they say, you know, anything that they come up with, you need to understand, OK, this is this person's issue. I'm going to talk to them about that. The Bernie bros, these, these people like libertarians are like they hate Bernie bros. They're like, oh, these people are so stuck on socialism. And I can never get through to them. That's not true at all. I've actually like I can sit down with these people and have a conversation. You just have to understand what they want. The healthcare system is broken. You sit down, you have a conversation with that. And I've had Bernie bros within five minutes say, well, why don't we just get rid of the FDA? <laughs> like if, if you if you let them know that, like, OK, I understand your problem. I'm educated on your problem and I can help you with that specific problem. They'll listen. And that's that's the most important thing. We have to forget this whole like elevator pitch thing, because that always comes down with libertarians, especially it always comes down to liberty and freedom and blah, blah, blah. But for everybody who's struggling to pay their rent, they're like, I'm already free. I can do anything I want. I just don't have any money to do it. So how does that solve my problem? That's what we need to really understand. No, I love it, dude. That's a that's a perfect answer, too. I thought you were going to go on the Ayn Rand side, which she was very much against the the uh, argument that this was the best thing for basically the best way to achieve the same end that other people wanted that, oh, you want everyone to have a better life and everything they want. Well, I do too. This is actually the best way to do it. And she argued that that was not the right way to do it uh, because the actual argument is that we all own ourselves and that we can't control other people and we can't force them to do things. And it doesn't matter what other arguments you put uh, after that. The, the argument is that I own myself. 
and maybe she did it better than me. But uh, that's a that was basically her argument too. So I didn't like my question either. I think that it's the the whole problem <laughs> with the whole system right there. Representation. It's the media right there. Me trying to get you a nice thirty. 30 second, one minute soundbite right there. And the, Hey, but I like that you asked the question because if you didn't, I wouldn't have had that awesome answer. And that was the intent all along right there. I'm glad that we worked that out. I knew it. Yeah. Hey, tell everyone where to go to uh, support your campaign and to see all of your tweets and all that stuff. Absolutely. So head over to danforfreedom.com. I've got links to all my social media there, but Twitter's the one that I've been hanging out the most lately. Uh, and that's uh, at Dan for Texas. Um, and on the website, if you want to reach out or if you want to reach out through Twitter, I'm always responding to my messages and, uh, you can also make donations there on the website. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me on.